0: Welcome to Morning Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Morning Devotion. What a great day it is. I've got a jacket on. It's a little cool outside. I mean, a bitter winter here in Southeast Texas. Bitter. I think I spied a little frost out there. It's just a Horribly winter day, and I'm sorry for those that are locked elsewhere. So good to see you this morning. Welcome. Welcome to The End Is Near, and it's my prayer. May we all finish strong. So Bill and Kirk and Deborah and Barbara, Cheryl, Terrence, Donna, thank you. Thank you for being here with us. Tuesday, December 1, 2020, morning devotion. The End Is Near. May we all finish strong. I do want to welcome you here today. I know that you are the ones that make this very, very special. When you join in with this every day, you make this unique. You make this an experience for others, your presence, your care, your concern, your prayers one for another, lifting each up, uh, each other up during this crazy season. Because I've never been more convinced than we are now that we're at the last of the last days. And I think those who deny this are either in denial or delusional. Can't coast. Can't step back. Can't retreat to a cave. Can't slack. we got to finish this thing, folks. And I am determined we're going to finish this last leg of the race well. The end is near. May we all finish strong. You know the drill. Like the page, share the page, follow the page, and uh, thank you for being here. Donna Sherrick, Kimberly Larice. thank you. Thank you for being here. Special message at the close of this broadcast today, and uh, I'll share it with you then, and hopefully you'll find it heartwarming, something you'll be interested in. So today, today is December The first, the first day of the last month of the year. I just want to ask you at the end of this year, are you going to stay stay up on New Year's Eve to midnight just to make sure 2020 has departed from us? I think so. God has seen us through 11 months of the year. You may have staggered. You may have stumbled. You may have been distracted, but let's finish this year strong. John Bazzano was a beloved pastor of Houston's First Baptist Church here. When he was a young man, his father-in-law told him that only one in ten people who went into full-time ministry would still be on track by the age of 65. And John, John, a young man, 20 years old, disagreed vehemently and set out to prove him wrong. And so he sat down and wrote the names of 24 of his peers, 24 people who he knew were sold out to Jesus, two dozen people who were fully called, committed to ministry, 24 people who John knew would never give up. It was at the age of 53, John went back and looked at his list. It had only been 33 years, not 45. He was only 53, not 65, but only three names remained of the original 24. Why? Because we've got trouble finishing and finishing strong. Oh, can I get a witness to that? How many of you want to finish strong? The end is near in so many different ways. How many of you want to be one of those that say we made it to the end and we not only survived, but we thrived and fulfilled the mission that the Lord called us to do. It's true in nearly every walk of life, people have trouble finishing. Over 20 years, Mark Twain wrote three versions of The Mysterious Stranger, but never finished a single one of them. Charles Dickens, as was the case back then, measured out the mystery of Edwin Drood in installments to a magazine. He had the audacity. Dickens had the audacity to die midway through their release, and to this day, nobody knows who the killer is. The scope and magnitude of Tolkien's unfinished work absolutely boggles the mind. His son simply went ahead and published it as it was in its unfinished state. Leonardo da Vinci was notorious in procrastinating and leaving works unfinished. The Last Supper is thought by some to not even be finished. The Portrait of FDR was unfinished, Michael. He didn't do that one. Uh, The Portrait of FDR was unfinished because he died midway through it. So many numerous, numerous unfinished works. Michelangelo, some buildings are started, never uh, finished. Many things, many things, many more things than not are started, but never finish just witnessed gym memberships on january 1 finishing is not easy but can i say that finishing god's work in the last of the last days it's not going to be easy either what holds us back i could come up with any number of things but let me just mention a few that i've observed in this year of 2020 i think fatigue is one of them weariness one of the things that keeps us from finishing strong is weariness It's that odd assortment of character in Balm's Wizard of Oz. When they finally get near to the Emerald City, they see a field of poppies, and Dorothy and the lion are overtaken by sleep, sleeping within sight of the city. Or when Christian in Pilgrim's Progress comes close to the Celestial City, he was warned, beware of forgetful green the most dangerous place near the city. Here's how Banyan described it in his book. He said, beware of forgetful green. Many, after going some way on pilgrimage, get into this green, into this meadow, and continue here and there fallen asleep on this forgetful green and talk incoherently as men do in their sleep. But we've got a more sure word of prophecy than those fanciful stories in the parable of the ten virgins. Ten young ladies were part of the bridal party, and their job was to light, to illuminate the path of the groom en route to the bride's house. We normally focus on the fact that five had oil, five did not. But notice this, all slept at the midnight hour. Oil or no oil. Each is going to battle fatigue. It reminds me of Elijah when Elijah ran away from Jezebel. He was diverted from his course. Now he's fatigued, depressed, discouraged under a juniper tree. I'm told by people who run marathons that eventually they will hit the wall, that moment where everything in them wants to just shut down. Technically, it means the runner's body has run out of glycogen, that uh, the body's quick storage for carbohydrates. Put another way, they just ran out of gas. They didn't have the strength. It takes a supreme regimen of stamina and discipline and effort and drive to break through a wall of fatigue. I believe you've got it. Every morning, you're here at 7 a.m. or later in the day, whenever you can watch it. You see, the greatest temptation for me and you is going to be to step away from the course. But in this Christian life, it's not how you start that matters. It's how you finish. And I want you to finish strong. Fatigue is one factor. Fear of opposition is another. It's not that we're following a primrose path. We've got adversity facing us. We certainly do. We ought to get a t-shirt saying, I survived 2020. We've, we've got Bible for every open door. There are many adversaries of the 12 spies sent to the promised land. Only two brought back a good report, Caleb and Joshua. Ten spies, however, saw the opposition. They saw the giants. They saw themselves as grasshoppers, and their hearts grew anxious and fearful. And fear—don't you ever forget it. Fear, like faith, is contagious. It was Vanderlei Lima, who went to Athens in the '04 Olympics to do what no other Brazilian had ever done—to win a medal in the Olympic marathon—and of course, the marathon started in. Athens, and to win a medal in there, of all places, was the coveted prize of the top runners of the world. Lima was not favored to win or even place in the event. But as the race neared its last leg, Lima was in the lead. When people sensed something special was happening, they began to clap and cheer as Lima passed. He was at the 22-mile mark with the 48-second lead over his nearest competitor. In one of those bewildering moments, a crazed spectator bolted from the crowd, tackled the fatigue runner. The runner was bloodied on his knees and elbows. Lima lost precious moments in the race. It broke his rhythm, his concentration, his pace. He developed muscle cramps. The next runner caught up with him and passed. Soon another runner passed him, but Lima, Lima could have given up, but he didn't give up. Bloodied, wounded, and in pain, he kept running. He did not win the gold. He did not win the silver, but he did win the bronze. And more than that, because of his attitude in the face of adversity, he won the medal given to that Olympiad that displayed the greatest spirit. Following the race, Lima expressed this reaction. I'm not going to cry forever about the incident, although it did break my concentration. I'm very thankful that I managed to finish the bronze medal in such a difficult marathon is also a great achievement. I like that I managed to finish. We're not running for a corruptible crown, but for an incorruptible crown. We've got to finish this thing in spite of pain, misery, adversity. Finish this thing. Finishing strong does not mean to finish unblemished. Finishing strong does not mean finishing perfect. Finishing strong means picking up from wherever you're at. Strengthen that which remains and press forward. Fatigue is the first reason some give up. Fear is the second reason, but there's another reason. I think that we don't finish strong. Listen to me carefully on this one. It was the case of Nehemiah when he felt impressed by God to rebuild Jerusalem's walls. His experience are almost a case study of the opposition we're going to face in anything meaningful. And he had to fight the third enemy, frustration. He was surrounded by so many opponents, so many within and without the walls. His his description of this is interesting. Nehemiah 4.10, they struggled because there was so much rubbish. Things got in the way. Opposition just didn't work out. Have you ever been there? It just didn't work out the way I planned. The path is blocked. The horizon is not clear, and we get frustrated. Frustration in the heart of a believer, hear me carefully, is a gold-plated invitation for the enemy to remain on standby. Because when we get frustrated, the enemy senses discouragement. And discouragement has always been the enemy's greatest weapon. Someone said motivation without direction equals frustration. We entered into 2020 with a 2020 vision. We knew where we were going, and but oh, wow, this year has thrown us so much motivation, so much passion, so much heart, but the direction, the path has not been clear, and we're in danger of growing frustrated if we have not already. You say, "I, uh, Pastor, I, I've been through a divorce. It was my fault. Well, you've run with weakness, but finish strong. You say, uh, "But uh, pastor, I've made some foolish choices. I've lost my credibility." Okay, you've gotten distracted, but but finish strong. You you say, "Well, I've lost my will to run." Well, I say, "Run on." You're only beaten when you don't try. You just got to get a. One more time, then the enemy waylays you. Rejoice not against me, O oh, mine enemy. I'm getting up. If you want to be one of those that finish strong, let's go a step further, can we? A step further here today. It's not enough to simply say finish strong. It takes help. And you're going to need help from several sources. Let me give you some sources of strength to finish strong. The first one's going to surprise you. You need, first of all, some opposition to reveal your weaknesses. God allows enemies to work on us to reveal our weaknesses, our imperfections, our blemishes, so that we can be strong. Notice what it says of Jesus, consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself. He experienced opposition, What Jesus didn't need. We do need, we need our enemies to bring out the absolute worst in us where God can deal with it and we get stronger and it doesn't stop us from finishing strong. The second thing we need is we need some friends to encourage us. Oh my oh my, you need some friends. You need some friends. How many times have I heard people just tell me, say, oh, people are talking bad about me. They're trashing me on social media they you know they they never have an encouraging word and I just want I just want to say and I rarely do but let me just say it here you need to clean your slate of your supposed friends and you need to find people that will encourage you and strengthen you it's one of the the joys that I get coming back on these threads after it's over when I see Vicki and Ashley and and uh davin and Deborah and Trenton just encouraging one another you're encouraging one another. You're getting some nutritious, healthy friends that believe that God is in you and God is working for you. You need some encouraging friends. You don't need Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar. You don't need Job's supposed comforters. Get rid of those people in your life. Well, if they're family, you can't. I know that. But get rid of those people in your life that are constantly measuring you by an unrealistic expectation and saying, well, you should be doing that. Well, I'm glad you made an A, but it should have been an A+. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad you did this, but you should have done that. Get rid of the shoulda people in your lives. Get rid of those that are looking down their nose at you. Find people, find people that can strengthen and encourage you. Every Jonathan needs an armor bearer. Every Barnabas needs a Paul. Every Paul needs a Silas. It, encourage, it, it It concerns me during this season. Not everyone is a rising star, but there's rising stars all around us, and they just need encouragement. Become a champion by helping others be a champion. Paul said that as we have the opportunity to do good to all men, especially those of the church, when you see someone who needs a helping hand, give it to them. The third thing that will help you finish strong is divine assistance. The 18th song, wow, it's so beautiful. It is God who arms me with strength. And he makes my way perfect. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer, like hind's feet. He sets me upon high places. He teaches my hands to war so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. You have also given me the shield of your salvation, Lord. And your right hand has held me up. One of my favorite verses, your gentleness has made me great. You enlarge my path under me so that my feet did not slip. You need some traction in this day. God can give it to you and God can give you the strength. The Lord's going to help. We've got a promise that the Lord is going to finish a good work in us. We've got faith to believe, faith that God's going to see us through, faith. There's strong faith, Romans 4, weak faith, Romans 14, shipwrecked faith, 1 Timothy 1, and unfeigned faith, 1 Timothy 1. Which one do you want? I don't want to be shipwrecked. I don't want to have weak faith. I want strong faith, strong faith to finish strong. But there's one more thing that you're going to need, one more resource that you need. In John 4, 34, Jesus said, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. You're going to need a personal commitment, a personal commitment. I will finish strong. By God's grace, I'm going to run to win. Yeah, I'm in it to win it. Paul said, I strained to reach the end of the race and to receive the prize. I want to finish this race. It's a story of a young boy competing in a race that desperately wants to win. He's fallen down three times and each dad is each time his dad's there to urge him to get up and win the race. It's called it's a piece of prose it's called the race. Defeat. He lay there silently, a tear dropped from his eye. There's no sense running anymore. Three strikes, I'm out. So why try? The will to rise and disappear and all hope had fled away, so far behind, so error-prone, closer all the way. I've lost. So what's the use, he thought. I'll live with my disgrace. But then he thought about his dad, who soon he'd have to face. Get up, an echo sounded low. Get up and take your place. You were not meant for failure here. Get up and win that race with a borrowed will. Get up, it said, you haven't lost at all, for winning is not more than this to rise each time you fall. So up he rose to run once more, and with a new commit, he resolved that win or lose, at least he wouldn't quit. So far behind the others now, the most he'd ever been, Still, he gave it all he had and ran as though he fought to win. Three times he'd fallen stumbling. Three times he rose again, too far behind to hope to win. But he still ran to the end. They cheered the winning runner as he crossed first place, head high, proud, happy, no failing, no falling, no disgrace. But when the fallen youngster crossed the line, last place, The crowd gave him the greatest cheer for finishing the race. For even though he came in last with head bowed low, unproud, you would have thought that he had won the race to listen to the crowd. To his dad, he sadly said, I didn't do so well. To me, you won, his father said, because you rose each time you fell. And now when things seem dark and hard, and difficult to face, the memory of that little boy helps me in my own race. For all of life is like that race, with ups and downs and all. And all you have to do to win is rise each time you fall. Quit. Give up. You're beaten. They still shout that in my face. But another voice within me says, get up and finish that race. Here in the last month of the year, the end is near of this 2020. The end is near of the end of all times. Where are you in this race? I hope you're winning. I mean, winning. I mean, I hope you're still running. Finish, finish, finish. And with God's help, we are going to finish strong. Today, we begin the last month of the year. The end of 2020 is near. The end of all days is near. I ask you to finish and finish, finish very strong. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of this. I've got a special message for you now. Be sure to leave your prayer request, share the page, like the page, follow the page, loop as many into this as possible. Let me share with you a very, very special message on this Tuesday, December 1. God bless you.